So this morning, uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm continuing um, with the Hungry Series week four, and it's great to be back speaking to you this morning after nearly four months of not doing so. What are they paying me for? As you know, though, Dee and myself have had a baby during that time, Evie Hope, and she's doing great. She's, she's just beautiful. And that's one of the reasons I haven't spoken, as it's a big adjustment getting used to a, a new addition. You know, the extra care, the sleepless nights that it entails, it, it can leave you tired, miserable, irritable, and snappy. And some of you are thinking you were like that before, Simon. Thank you. Then just after Evie was born, as many of you know, my dad was rushed into hospital where he battled bravely for six weeks, but then passed away and returned to his real home. And it's here I want to thank you all for your thoughts, your prayers, your kind words, your smiles and your hugs at a time when they were really needed. You know, and one of the things that, that really helped me was being here every Sunday while dad was ill, worshipping God with you guys, the body of Christ, my family. So thank you. But back to this morning, and you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited because there's always more of God, and we're going to dive straight in. So if you have a Bible, we'll, we'll be looking at Ephesians um, chapter 1, verses 3 to 12. And, and as you turn there, this morning's theme is hungry for more. And as we start this morning, I want you to know that God has so much more for everyone in his house this morning. There is so much more that God wants to do in you and through you. That's all day, every day, not just for the 75 minutes you sit here in church. God has more for you in your relationships, your marriages, your businesses, your finances, your education, and your home. God's not a God of restriction, but a God of expansion. He wants to give you more, more when things are good and more when things are bad. And the good news is the more we have of him, the more we'll want of him. And it's then that we'll see his kingdom expand and advance. See, the greatest privilege for me is that God wants to partner with me and with you to make that happen. And in order for that to happen, he wants to give you more. So are you hungry for more this morning? It's two of us. You see, it has to start with hunger, a deep desire to want more of God. And when we have that, God will satisfy. His word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So you should have got to Ephesians if you have a, a Bible by now. But if not, don't worry because the words will come up on the screens. And I'm reading from the message, which is a modern day translation with incredible language. And it says this starting from verse 3. How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What a pleasure he took in planning this. 
He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift given by the hand of his beloved son. Verse seven, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in deepest heaven and everything on planet Earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. And I pray God will add his blessing to his holy and, and sacred word. And it's incredible to, to read a big chunk of a scripture out to you this morning. And Ephesians 1 is up there for me with Romans chapter 8. Uh, they're my favorite verses, uh, chapters of, of scripture in the Bible. And to digress a minute, the very first words from Romans 8 read this, therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the new King James Version for those that struggle with the message, just to balance it out a bit. And I heard those words 12 years ago as I walked in off the street and gave my life back to Christ, coming from a prison cell in mid Wales. And you may be a new Christian here this morning or just exploring the journey. You may be a mature one who's struggling with the things you've done in the past this morning. That verse is for you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Trust in it and live in it. It's been dealt with because of the incredible sacrifice of Jesus. God's exchanged what you once carried for his more. And that's what Ephesians 1 is all about too. It's the divinity of the gospel. It's the more that God has given us and continues to give us. And guys, it should inspire us. It should encourage us and equip us to live in and be hungry for more. See, Ephesians 1 says we're taken to the highest place with Jesus and our blessings are in him. We have every spiritual blessing we need. In Christ, we have all the benefits of knowing God, salvation, being adopted as his children, forgiveness, we have insight, the gifts of the Spirit, power to do God's will, and the hope of living with Christ forever. Can you risk an amen? There's more. He lavishes his love upon us. He showers us with his kindness. He floods us with his grace. He delights over us, and he's on our side. There's more. We're set free, and not just barely free, but abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans that he took delight in. Guys, there's still more. We're chosen to accomplish God's good plan for his good pleasure. We're completing him and summed up in him so that everything would be brought together in deepest heaven and everything on planet earth. That needs another amen. 
And it's, that's incredible. You know, I don't know about you, but I want more of that. I want more that God has to give. I want more of an intimate relationship with him because it's only him that can truly satisfy. And I'm not gonna lie either. It, it can be hard. Sure, it's easy on a Sunday. Everyone's sanctified, everyone's saved on a Sunday. And we can leave this place feeling like we're gonna change the world. Then Monday happens, then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And by the time Friday comes along, and depending on the week you've had, you can be questioning your salvation, and even if God really cares for you. Has anyone else been there? Just me then. But you need to know this, God does care. And what we have isn't based on feeling, it's based on faith. It's not based on feelings, it's based on faith. And it's as we journey with God and choose the right path, we'll experience more. And there are many paths we can take as we choose to live out our lives. But this morning, I hopefully want to help you uh, to encourage and to, to, to choose the pathway of more. And this is someone else's framework, but the, the content and thoughts are my own. But I want to pass it on to you this morning. The first path is the, is the path of holiness. 1 Peter 1 verse 16 says, you must be holy because I am holy. And, and this is Peter writing to a scattered church who fled Jerusalem because of persecution. And they're scattered throughout Asia Minor. And Peter, he knew persecution too. He'd been beaten, jailed and threatened often. Yet he's writing to commend the faith, to give hope and comfort to fellow Christians. He's urging them not to give up and to remain loyal to the cause of Christ. You know, being holy is a call to be different. We're to be set apart. We're to imitate Christ's example and to live to God's standards. And Peter is quoting scripture when he writes this because actually it's a command given by God to his people in the book of Leviticus. So you see, guys, it carries more weight than Peter just saying it. You must be holy because I am holy, a command from God. And holy, holiness means that we're totally devoted and dedicated to God. We're changed and transformed by a God who gives us more. See, we're to be in the world, but not of the world. You've probably heard that saying. And what that means is that we should have different values to the world around us, not getting involved with or giving in to the things the world promotes. See, we're to be light to those who are in spiritual darkness. We're to live in such a way that those outside our faith see our good deeds and know that there is something different about us. There is more. And if you want more, then choose the path of holiness. The next path is honesty. And this is a, a big one, and it links into to a little what I've just said. See, honesty isn't a value associated to the world we live in today. Nobody really trusts anybody anymore. And you see that all over our culture. Politicians, fake news, tabloids, social media, Truth seems to have gone out the window for the sake of selling a story, getting a promotion, or even a Facebook or Instagram-like. 
What's worse than not having honesty in the culture we live in is not being honest with ourselves. And it's why the Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and verse 9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, being honest with ourselves and more importantly with God keeps us pure and keeps us away from wrongdoing. Being honest with God and confessing our sin is not a one-time event either. It doesn't just happen at the moment of salvation. It's an ongoing process. Being truthful benefits us. And as Christians, we have an incredible truth too, don't we? We have the only truth that this world so desperately needs. So let's be people that demonstrate that truth. You know, let our yes be yes to people or our no be no. If we say we're going to do something, then let's do it. Let's show people that they can trust us because of the truth we carry. And we do this with love and grace. And this leads me onto the next path to choose, which is the path of humility. See, if you want more of God, be humble. God opposes the proud and he hates pride. That's all I should need to say on that one, but there's more. John Flavel says this, a great quote, they that know God will be humble and they that know themselves cannot be proud. And I love that quote because it's a constant reminder of what God has done for me. And it means it's something I can never take the credit for. But sometimes we like taking the credit for things, don't we? We like being center of attention. I did that. We like the spotlight on us. Come on, let's choose the path of honesty. We do, don't we? <laughs> and humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's a grateful attitude towards God, knowing that it's only in him that we live and move and have our being. And there's a, a frustration of mine that's linked to humility and and I'll try and say it with some humility here. You know, when it comes to sharing our faith, something I'm really passionate about, guys, let's do it with humility. Let's be used by the Holy Spirit, but let's not play the role of the Holy Spirit. So you remember, Jesus invites people into a relationship with him. He stands at the door and knocks. So please, let's not us be people that kick that door down. Do it gently, do it with humility, do it with love. I see it, people get it wrong so often. See, humility asserts truth, not to bolster ego with triumphs in debate. It's never about winning an argument. There's so much more at stake than that. But a service to the Lord and love to those that need it. Then 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14 say this, you may know it well. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven a promise from God and I will forgive their sin and will heal their hand, land. There's so much more available for those who choose the path of humility. But with all the choosing of the paths, there, there comes a, a price of more too. And guys, it, it isn't cheap. It's gonna cost you 
just like anything with any real value in life today, there's a cost, isn't there? There's a price to pay. So the price of more is less stuff and less self. Less stuff. You see, most people, they, they chase after more stuff. And here's the thing. More stuff can often come in between receiving more of God. See, more stuff gets in the way. And it can become an addiction and a massive distraction. It works like this. See, we think we need more food than we do, so we overeat. We think we need more space than we do, so we buy a a bigger home. We think we need more things than we do, so we overspend. We think we need more money than we do, so we overwork. And the list can go on and on. We go after more stuff in the hope that it will satisfy. But I want to suggest what what we're really looking for and what we really need, and, and I think this is at the core of every, every human being, is to be accepted, secure, and significant. Something that only God can give. You see, the more of this life, the, the more stuff is temporal, but the more of God gives us is eternal. And Matthew 6 and verse 19 to 21, they remind us of this when, when Jesus says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, he goes on to say, there the desires of your heart will also be. And a disclaimer here, there is nothing wrong with having wealth. If you've been blessed with it, thank God for it. What's wrong is chasing after it, after the wrong treasure, because that leads to our hearts being in the wrong place. See, it's not more stuff we need, but more of Christ. Then less self. See, the biggest barrier to receiving more of Christ is you. Not you, Gemma, but yourself. You see, you can have as much of Christ as you want, but often self or rather selfishness gets in the way. See, everything today is targeted around to build up self. We see how the world has made a a God of self. We live in an it's an all about me culture. We even have things like the iPhone and the selfie. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with me. I take selfies all the time and I have the latest iPhone. Don't judge me. But it has challenged me. It's challenged me to be aware of how culture is changing and shaping people and not to get caught up in it. Jesus Jesus knew this over 2,000 years ago. It's as if he was speaking into the very heart of our culture today when he said then to his disciples that if they were to truly follow him, then they must deny self. And guys, nothing's changed. And I think this is of more importance now than ever before. And again, then the Apostle Paul warns us in in 2 Timothy 3 that in the last days, people will only love themselves and turn away from God. And Paul wrote this to Timothy with urgency. And guys, we must have that same urgency so that we don't fall victim to the culture around us. See, it's as we continue to deny self and turn away from our own selfish ambition that we fulfill the desire of God to become more 
Christ-like. And the secret of God's more is making less of self. And while it may be costly, there is a price to more. I want to suggest that it's worth praying, paying. Sorry, it's worth paying because there are also, and this is the, the good bit, there are privileges of more, more. And they far outweigh anything that we can ever give up. See, the, the privileges of more is an, an intimate relationship with our heavenly Father. And if that wasn't enough, we can then experience the benefit from his presence, his peace and his power, his favor and his freedom, his goodness, his grace and his glory. See, it really costs us nothing compared to what it cost Christ. Yet we get to live in the more of God. And the more of God means that there's always more. And you can experience more of God when things are good and you can expect more of God when things are bad. And as I start to land this and come to a close this morning, I, I want to address those two for a little while. You see, in the congregation this size, there will be people here that are in a good place who are loving life at the minute and all is well. Then there may be those that are in a, a bad place, a, a difficult place, who are struggling to love life at the minute and for you, all may not be so well. In a moment, we're, we're going to do something different and pray for each other in those groups because the Bible tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So if you're in a good place right now with God, then rejoice. Be thankful and not forgetful <laughs> because the latter can happen when life is good. And something you don't need to do is apologize to people for being in a good place when others are not. See, I remember being in a prayer and an accountability group with a, a couple of friends of mine who I really trust. And we used to pray early uh, one morning and we'd often start by sharing where we were in life. And these three guys went first as we were sitting there one morning and it was challenge after challenge after challenge. It was at that moment where I was really in a good place with God, my relationship with him and, and some of the fruit that I was seeing. And it was like, oh, how, how do I um, share this when all what I've heard? And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, don't apologize, but share my goodness. Don't apologize, but share my goodness. And of course, it was done sensitively and more importantly, lovingly. But what it did do was brought hope to those people who were in the difficult place. And God used me to speak prophetically into their next season. So if you're in a good place this morning, you could be a voice of hope to someone, someone's next season. Also, remember, when life is good, there's more to experience of God. We can forget that too. But Ephesians 3.20 is just for you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us. You see, in your good place, there's more available to you. Then you can ask or imagine, the Bible tells us. So never settle when God has more. And it's here that I want to pray for you. I want us as a church to, to pray. If you're in a good place this morning, we want to rejoice with you. 
We don't often do that. You don't need to apologize for being in that place. What's going to happen is I'm going to ask you to simply stand. If, if you're in a good place, if life is good, rejoice, be thankful. But I want to pray over you that you will experience more, more than you can ask or imagine because you don't have to settle for what you've got. So if you're in a good place, just simply stand. And then what we're going to do is um, pray for you. Awesome. And guys, as you see people standing, just, just place a, a hand on them. Just pray over them that they would experience Ephesians 3.20 more than they can ask or imagine. And I'll pray too. But let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for every person standing here. Thank you for the good place that they're in. But Father, I pray that they would not settle in that good place and that they would know and experience more of you. Father, may they keep running. Father, may they know of your fruit. Father, we pray that Ephesians 3.20 over them, according to your work within them. So God, we thank you for them. And may they be the voice of hope to someone's next season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Great. Something a, a little different there. And then for those that, that may be in a, a bad place, maybe life is not uh, so good at the moment, uh, I want to let you into uh, a little secret too. You can expect more uh, when things are bad. The secret is Ephesians 3.20 is for you guys too. Even though you may be facing impossible pain, I want you to know you can find and have incredible power. Power according to his work within us. That's what the verse says. And that's important because often during difficult times, we run from God when actually we should run to God. See, the, the last two months for me have probably been the most difficult of my life to date. Even prison was a breeze in comparison. But what I'm thankful for is, and what I know, and this is how I know you can expect more, God gave me so much more than I could have ever asked or imagined. And there were times when I didn't know what to ask for or could even think or imagine the future. But, but my prayer every day as, as I rushed over to the hospital to visit dad was, was simply this. Father God, whatever the day holds, help me to remember I'm being held. Maybe simple, but that's what I prayed. And the pain, the pain was and is still very real. But at the same time, so was God's power. See, I've heard people say often enough that time's a healer. Give it time and it will get better. But personally, I've experienced that time doesn't always make you better and can actually make you bitter. See, you know my story. I turned away from God at the age of 14 because a close friend dying of cancer. But check this, 30 years later, that's the very thing God used, not caused, to call my dad back to him. And as my dad passed and returned home, 
We were all praying for him as a family, about 15 of us in total. Mom was on his left-hand side and, and I was on his right. And it was while I was thanking God for the incredible gift my dad was and then speaking prophetically to my dad that he was going to know life and love like nothing he's ever experienced before, that he passed peacefully. See, there was nothing more God could have done in that moment. His faithfulness and presence was tangible, even to the point of my family who don't believe in God saying that that was a beautiful moment. And don't get me wrong, it it still hurts like hell. But what I draw strength from is that we also have an incredible hope in heaven. And it may not be a, a loss you're facing this morning. It doesn't have to be. But nevertheless, life is still tough for you. And unfortunately, guys, there is no manual to help. But what we do have is Emmanuel, God with us. And that was my strength. So whatever it may be this morning, we want to pray for you guys too. I'm not going to name anything specific because it's different and personal to us all. But life's, if life's a struggle for you now, if things are difficult, if you're not where you want to be with God, I, I don't want to say anything else, but you know, then we want to pray for you right now. So I'm going to get you guys to do the same thing and, and simply stand. And right now I'm standing as part of this too. So if no one else does, then please pray for me. So if you experience and know life is tough, please stand and, and we want to pray for you. Particularly those that were in a good place. If there's people around you, stretch out your arm, walk towards them and pray for them. Like I say, you could be the voice of hope for those in their next season. Don't need to ask any questions. Just simply know, uh, just help them to know that they can expect more during the bad. Ephesians 3.20 is for those guys too. So Father God, right now I want to pray for, for, for these people standing too. Father, would you meet them where they're at? Father, would they know of your peace, your comfort and your strength? Father, whatever it is they're facing, may they know that you're facing it with them. And Father, it's with you that they'd get through it. Father, help them to draw close to you, not to turn away, but to, to run to you. And Father, I pray that they'd know more. They'd know more of your peace, your, your power, and your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, you can be seated too. You know, here in this church, I don't want to just brush over that and move on. We have a, an excellent pastoral support system called the, the Care Network that Sandra Andrew heads up. And if anyone needs that extra support for a season, then please head to the connection point after, after, the, church, after the service. She'll, she'll be there and there are some Care Network brochures. There's also our prayer team that would love to continue to, to pray, for, pr- pray for you. But I want you to know what, whatever season you're in this morning, I pray that everyone knows there's plenty more to come and there's plenty more to go around because of this. We serve a, a limitless God, 
a God who calls and names every star. So it's not likely he's forgotten your name this morning. That's Louis Gigilo. That's really powerful. And as I invite the, the band to come back this morning, we're going to finish where I started in Ephesians 1 verse 3. Thanking God for the blessing he is and thanking him for giving us our master, Jesus Christ. See, it's because of Jesus, because of that beautiful, powerful, wonderful name that we receive more. So let's praise that name this morning as, as we head out. Let's declare that name over our situations and circumstances. Let's trust in that name and the more that he's done and wants to do for us. So let's stand. Let's stand and I want to pray. And then we'll sing. We'll declare the name of Jesus, the one who gives us more over our lives. Let's leave this place this morning empty of ourself, empty of our praise to a God who deserves it. So let me pray. Father God, I want to I thank you for, for meeting with us. I want to thank you for talking to us. Father, I pray that as we continue just to pour out our praise, Father, you would pour in your grace. Father, that we would know more, whether we're in the good times or the bad times. There's so much more that you have to give. I pray that we'd experience it and we'd expect it whatever season we're in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.